Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, business animals. It's Kim with Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. Hi, Kim. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good, Kara. How are you doing? I'm doing good. We just got off a meeting with our pal Phyllis and planning out all the exciting stuff for Calgirl's cameras next year, and which is rapidly approaching. So I'm actually in a really good mood this morning because I got to have girl chat this morning. Nice. Yes. It's always a good morning to start out that way. I, I know. So here's the thing I keep um, telling them they're, they're on East Coast time and I'm central. So I have to get up an hour earlier and I just <laughs> rolled out of bed to go to that meeting. So yeah. Yeah, that's the one one pleasure about working at from home is well, there's I guess a lot of them, but one of the bigger ones for me is I can like my commute is, you know, five seconds. <laughs> yeah, it helps. It makes it easier. Normally that's my commute, but this morning I had to get up and drive out to the horses and feed all the animals and then drive back in time to get my son to school. So I've been up for hours at this point. Yeah. So, I'm so you're you're, you're just ready to go, ready to go. Well so, caffeinated. Well caffeinated. <laughs> well, you know, that sort of dovetails weirdly with our subject today, which is burnout. So I love seeing you all chipper yeah. and happy because a couple of weeks ago when we would get on these calls, you weren't quite that chipper and happy. You were in the middle of your season and it was kind of um, getting heavy and weighing mm-hmm. on you. And I don't know if you were approaching yeah, burnout. I was by really any having stretch. to check myself. Yeah, but I know you were, it was, it was like getting harder and harder to maintain your happiness on some days. Well, and that's, you know, we're talking about burnout today, obviously, for folks that are listening, I think they picked up on that. But that's kind of one of those things is that you can only maintain that level of intensity, I think, for so long. I know I can only maintain that level of intensity for so long. So as much as I love the successfulness of my season, there's a reason that it's a season and that it tapers down and comes to an end so I can work on some other things and regroup and reevaluate and take a big break, which I'm looking forward to now that the holiday season is like here, literally here. Yes, it's literally here. And now you have joined Phyllis and I in our more uh, quiet time. So both of us have been enjoying that for a little bit. Yes. Right now I'm enjoying the holiday party season. So <laughs> I am, uh, I'm enjoying going out. I know that's not so much fun for everybody on the world, but I absolutely adore going out and networking and going to all of the holiday parties, whether it be personal parties or whether it be professional, which I attend a lot more of the professional ones than the personal ones. But yeah, so that's kind of what I've been up to a little bit. So burnout is very real for entrepreneurs. And I don't know of an entrepreneur that's been in business for very long that hasn't experienced it in some form or fashion at least once and maybe multiple times in the process of being a business owner. And it's it's because we all have a lot of long hours. We have lots of bosses, which are our clients, and an oft neglected life away from our businesses. And that can really put a stress on everything in our in our lives that ends up killing our joy and and stealing away 
a lot of precious forward motion in our business because burnout is is one of those things that does it halts your business and sometimes even takes it backwards in in the process. So it is really important to understand it and understand what it looks like when it's coming into your world. Well, and couple that with things like inflation that we're experiencing right now, gas prices that are going up and down. A lot of us in animal-based businesses spend way too much time in our cars, working from our cars and on the road, dealing with things, especially this time of year with the holidays and trying to get orders out to clients in time for Christmas, things like shipping and production delays. If we have employees trying to find employees, just the hiring crisis in general, trying to find people to, to work for us, vendors to work for us, and then being able to afford like rising salaries, things that like the political climate, like there's always something different happening in the political climate that can really contribute to small business burnout rates. I don't know that we often think about some of these outside influencers, but especially things like inflation, gas prices, shipping and production delays, the hiring crisis, those things directly impact us as business owners all the time. And I would add to that, even something as simple as the way we communicate with each other these days can take a toll. I've said this before on the show, I'm someone that struggles with context and text messages and direct messages. So I tend to have a lot of anxiety and stress around the way that a text message is written and, and how I interpret it. So things like the fact that we can't just always pick up the phone and just call each other to understand and really feel each other out can be, it can be something that adds a lot of stress to my life and kind of narrows down on triggers that lead me to burn burnout. What do you think about that? I I think that's a very insightful insight into to something that I don't think about very often. And and it can make a difference in how you perceive someone, the inflection you put in the way that they structure their text or that you hear it by. I think that's different for different people, but it's it's true and sometimes, you know, a text can have a a tone that you perceive it having a tone and it really doesn't have one attached to it. I sure. That's, I think, why I'm very, I guess, cognizant of that because that's why I like to use emojis and my LOL, which is my way of, of disarming someone when I send them a text message that might be construed a little wrongly is to make sure I, I use some type of a hint that that maybe puts the that changes or at least puts a, a twist to it that, that the other person will feel comfortable with. Gosh, I hope I'm good at that, Kara. I now you have me all worried. I'm I'm really gonna <laughs> second guess my texting. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That was not my idea is to make you worry, but I do have to ask, have you ever experienced burnout before as a professional? I have. I've experienced burnout as a photographer, particularly. Mm -hmm. I think that anybody who turns their passion into a business or turns their talent into a business, yeah, it sort of creates this space where you may have used that or accessed it would probably be a better term. You've accessed that that particular thing in the past. Like for me, the photography was a way to 
to get myself out of depression or I accessed it when I was sad or accessed it when, mm-hmm. when I needed a creative or needed an emotional boost because it was something creative. Well, when you monetize that and now you're doing it for money, it, you can get overwhelmed with it or you do it so much that you lose that contact or access to it as a resource to to re-energize yourself. In other words, I guess it's draining your cup instead of refilling it, or it's draining it faster than it can refill it. And when that happens, I think burnout is a very real thing. And there was a period of time in my photography part of my business where I sat my camera down and didn't use it a lot at all. I mean, I, I pretty well, it was like I had to be sort of, it, it had to be something that I felt almost guilty if I didn't shoot. I, I mean, it was more than money. It was, it got to be a little bit detrimental for me. And I stepped away from photography for a while and then picked my camera back up, thankfully, and was like, oh, I remember now why I was doing this. And I came at it a little yeah. different angle to say, I'm going to be more careful this time around in not in making sure that the creative cup fills as fast as it drains. And that that tremendously helped as far as my other other endeavors. Yes, I've been burned out, especially when on computer stuff, like if I get stuck in front of this computer for a really long period of time, day after day after day, I get really resentful. I get irritable. I mean, there's just, there's a ton of ways that shows up and yeah, it's just not a good thing. So learning how to recognize that in myself and when that pattern starts to happen is a big, is a big way that I can challenge the pattern and say, okay, I feel that coming in. I'm going to do something different. I love that. I've really struggled with this idea of burnout in my life because for for anyone who's just tuning in, this is their very first episode. <laughs> I did domestic violence and sexual assault work as part of my early career for many, many years. And it was work that I did that was more than a job. It was, I used to tell people that my work defined me, like it defined who I was. And so when I reached a place where I basically was experiencing vicarious trauma from the folks that I worked with and their experiences and hearing stories over and over and over again and getting to where the phone would ring and I would have a a body body response to the to the ring tone of my phone, which I still have to this day. If that tone, like I had to switch my ringtones, if I still hear that ringtone, I have a physical re- reaction to it. I was getting to the point where I couldn't handle it anymore and I ended up leaving my job. And there's nothing that is more, well, it's sad and life shifting than when you're, when you burn out on your identity, if that makes sense. Like when you, something that you have defined yourself as, and for me, that was a domestic violence and sexual assault advocate. And it was more than a job. And so when I burned out in that career, it left a a hole that has to this day not completely been feel, filled in the right way, if that makes sense. So I say that because I don't, I want to make sure that for me, when I talk about this concept of burnout, it's more than like, I'm tired of this work or I'm tired yeah. of this job. For some people, that can be ever life shifting and identity shaping and identity, um, not destroying, but it really shifted my identity. And I had to do a lot of work to like really think about 
how do I define myself now? And does my career really need to be so much of my identity, if that makes sense? So there was a lot there. So this is something that is close to my heart, this topic. And I, I like that we're talking about it. I think this is a good time of year to talk about it as we start thinking about like goals for next year and planning what we want our, our career to look like and our life to look like next year. Absolutely. And what you bring up is really important about trauma in any aspect mm-hmm. of your life. But it, we don't often consider business as some place where we would experience trauma, but it is. It can happen. And I just want to, I don't think you know this. I, I don't think I've ever shared it with you. But back in the early 2000s, as a photographer, I was traveling a lot and doing horse shows. And while I was gone to an event shooting a horse show, some people broke into my home and office and completely destroyed it and stole everything, every piece of camera and computer equipment I owned that was at home. Only thing I had left was what was with me. And that I will tell you, I was already tired from the horse shows, but that level of trauma it was hard for me to overcome in my business. And I think it's related to this topic that we're talking about today. I think that you're very right. It's not just being tired. It's, it's maybe even feeling like the world is against you or you're not, you know, things are happening that aren't supporting your business. And so it feels uncomfortable to continue on. And I know for me after that, that was a huge hit for me to recover from it. it, I did, obviously, but it definitely was a derailing moment to somebody who was already struggling and that that can compound these these issues. And I think that's why we need to be really aware as business owners of when we're starting to see the pattern of burnout and getting good at recognizing it. And I know we're going to get to the big three here in a second, but Kara has a really nice little list here of some ways that you can it kind of assess yourself and say, am I, am I maybe heading towards a burnout episode and, and possibly a way to derail that? Yeah. I'm, I will tell you guys, anyone who's listening that the, you can go online and there's any number of quizzes that you can take or checklists that you can look at that have, you know, indicators that you might be on the cusp of burnout or, or there already. I have compiled a short little list of things that I feel like have shown up personally in my life. And I thought I would share them. So start by identifying what burnout can look like a, like a smallest owner. So let's go there. So feeling run down and drained after working. I mean, some folks might say, well, that sounds like a good work day. You're exhausted. This is something a little different. I think it's, it's more of a, an emotional draining than maybe a physical draining. Having negative thoughts about work, feeling easily irritated by clients, by coworkers, by people that we spend time with regularly on the job, just those people are really irritating. Feeling less sympathetic with the people that you work around. So, you know, I think about people who are, you know, you're working with maybe animals that are, you know, that have owners that have sick animals, or you're working with you know, any number of thing where you're working with people that they have a story and they need to tell you, and maybe you don't quite have the patience to listen to it anymore, or you've heard it all before and you're not taking the time to really listen, feeling unappreciated, feelings of underachieving, like you're just not accomplishing the things that you want to accomplish, 
just procrastination. I mean, we've had a whole episode on the issue of procrastination, but this is just, you're just putting things off over and over and over again. And this one is one that it's, it was funny when I first thought of it, it's forgetfulness, missing appointments, late invoices, late client orders or delivery, not returning phone calls. Some of this can fall under the procrastination, but when you think about it in terms of forgetfulness, like there's just a lot of overwhelm happening and you are someone, if you're like me, that you're very calendared, you're very scheduled, you're prompt, you're early. If you're not early, you're late, you know, that mentality and you start just missing appointments. And I remember this happening to me and I was so shocked. Like, how is this happening? You know, I have a calendar. I have two calendars, you know, so these are just a few, a very small list. But if you, if you hop online and Google signs, symptoms of burnout, there are probably 10 times this that you'll see pop up. And, um, it's, there's some of the quizzes on there are pretty good too, that you could do. And then just give you an indication of how, um, you might be doing on that spectrum. Yes. And I, but I want to, I want to say something, a couple of things first, when you read that list, it triggers me to think about a lot of the people that I work with that have nonprofits around animal rescue. I see burnout happen in that group so frequently because they're dealing with such high trauma stories and, and things that are disturbing on a whole different level. And yep. when you do that, I think you ramp up just like when you were working at the, the domestic violence shelter, I think you ramp up yeah. the trajectory for burnout and the end all be all of burnout can be horrific everyone i mean i i just i do not want to understate the the it's end, can be career end, ending it can be life ending i mean it's it's not a good thing yeah. and that's why checking on these things are so important checking in with yourself checking in in on on those around you if you start to see some signs that that maybe burnout is sort of taking over for someone that you know or that you're that is a fellow business owner and and then just getting the help that you need assistance not even help just assistance somebody to guide you to get you back on the path where you can be healthy and continue to do what you're doing. So please take this subject very seriously when it's that. I, It's one thing to procrastinate a few things. It's another if the procrastination has a, a deeply rooted reason. I always say there's nobody procrastinates because they want to be a procrastinator. There's a reason for it. It can be a good reason or it can be a yeah. bad reason. So you've got to take a look at those things and, and start to really understand. And yes, I think it's time to launch into the big three. You want to cover that, Kara? Sure. The first of the big three is kind of what we've been talking about already, the identification side of things. So identifying the stressors causing the burnout. And, you know, we have on here, be thorough. And I know Kim will talk a little bit about that. You know, what's happening, what's coming up and also what is in the background, maybe that's pulling some of that. Big three, number two is you've got to do the work. You've got to take the steps to halt the burnout. And we're going to give some ideas around that. And then the third thing is it might be time to do something different. And we'll dive into that as well. I'll let you take off with that, Kim. Absolutely. So every time that you find yourself having a reaction instead of being able to choose a response, there is something 
bigger than what is in front of you going on. So for example, if you are having a conversation with a client and they say something and you have a reaction to that, or there's a reaction around, I, this happened for me for burnout when I was a graphic designer. If, if people would give a, a certain criticism when I was starting to get burned out as a graphic designer, I would get, I would have a reaction. I would be like, what are they talking about? They don't know what they're talking about. They're not graphic designers. They, that would just look absolutely stupid. And I would have a, a, like a visceral reaction to, to a client's probably legitimate <laughs> desire to change something in, in their branding or logo or something. I, that was a big hint for me that something was up there. So every time you find yourself having a reaction, there is generally something in the background that is at the root of that. And it's not the situation that's in front of you. It's that situation in front of you is just a trigger for what actually happened long ago. So for me, I received a lot of I mean, how do I say it? Uncorrect or not right or not warranted criticism as a as a child and a teenager in particular. And I know teenagers are all a little bit off, but in this case, it was it was it was not good. <laughs> so it wasn't a a case of I was just doing something strange and there was a there was some fallout for that. It, it was unwarranted. And I carried that around with me into my adulthood. And then when I sit with clients, at first it was okay, right? I had a really nice line drawn in my head and in my body. And then when I started to get a little tired, when I started to get to that edge of of becoming burned out or or overextended and overwhelmed that just makes the nerves all that much more raw right so then that would start to show up i had to go back and take a look at okay what is at the root of that i need to clear that up and then i'll be able to sit with this new new situation that's in front of me with a different perspective. It's not going to touch on that nerve any longer because we've cured the nerve pain. We're going to go and take a look at it in a totally different way. And it made it so that I could sit with clients who wanted to rearrange things that possibly I wouldn't agree with. And I would be able to move those things around for them without any attachment. That It basically takes the charge off of that nerve. And then it doesn't get, it's not as tender any longer. And you're able to move forward. But if you live in that space where the things keep coming at you that are causing those reactions, the reactions take their toll on everything in your system. They take your their toll on your body. They take your the toll on your thoughts. They take the toll on how you interact with other people. They, they just, it just is insidious in getting into multiple different corners in your life. And so when you see yourself getting there towards the edge of that, you need to start taking a look at say, 
okay, I need to go back and figure out where this is. And sometimes it's it's in your childhood. Sometimes it's in your young adulthood. Sometimes it's last freaking week, <laughs> you know? So it's there's something there that needs to be examined. And when I know that I'm treading down this path and I need to get really clear about where these things are coming from, it's when I'm experiencing one of three things. And that's resentment, overwhelm, or frustration. When I start to feel one of those three emotions, it is time for me to take a look at exactly what is triggering that. Like when when it's the most intense, what am I doing? What's being said? What is, what's the situation? And then to pick up the cord and follow that back to its root where it's plugged into the wall and I can go, okay, now I see your outlet. Let's unplug you and take that electricity away from that moment. There's a Kim metaphor for you. I was going to say that's probably the most clear metaphor I've ever heard for getting to the root of the problem. And I love that. And I think it that segues us really nicely into big three, number two, which is doing the work. And I, I love that because if you can, if you can sit down and say, here I am at the end of the day and I'm crying in my car after work, I'm not, I've been there. (laughs) Yeah. Just crying in my car after work. Why am I crying? It's not because of the conversation I just had with my boss. There's, there's other things I need to follow that cord back to where this is really coming from. And I love that. And one of the things that, you know, in my past work, when you talk about doing the work that would come up a lot is they would talk about this idea of self-care. And we've talked about self-care on this show more than once. Bubble bath. Talk about Take it in a, a bubble way bath. where, yeah, don't <laughs> even get me started on the bubble baths, but they would talk about it in this way that was like, you need to be doing self-care and self-care might look like a bubble bath. And I would get, I remember getting so, there was my resentment popping up right in that moment. I remember getting really annoyed because to me, those things, they're not solving the big picture. If you don't have a continuous awareness that burnout can always be on the horizon. Like if you're not doing the work and, and creating a culture around you that's supportive of that, then it's all just lip service. You know, you're not actually doing the work. You're just putting like a Band-Aid over the top of it and then expecting everything else to go as usual. Continue the work as usual. Continue doing the things that you do every single day. And we're going to stick a Band-Aid over the top of this little feeling of resentment that you're having. We're going to stick a Band-Aid over the top of the overwhelm and over the frustration, but we're not doing anything at a, at a deeper level to actually do the work to fix the problem before you get to a point where you're at a career ending place in your burnout. I want to add to my metaphor. It's like, instead of going back and finding the plug-in where the nerve is at, you plug a toaster into that outlet and throw it in the bathtub with you while you're taking your bubble bath. (laughs) I I could see that. It doesn't do much for the, it doesn't help you, does it? (laughs) No, it does not. Visually see that happening. It does not help at all. We do have a few things that, you know, if you're going to be following Kim's cord back, if you're going to be following (laughs) it back to getting to the root of, of where this is coming from, where these feelings are coming from that lead to burnout, there are some things that you can do to process some of that and get through some of that. And well, Kim, you have several things listened here. Do you want to go ahead and start with, start with them? 
I think the thing I, I'm going to say the biggest thing to do is sometimes you need a guide because you can't find the cord. That just is the reality of the situation. It's sort of like that metaphor of not being able to see the forest for the trees in front of you. And that's where having someone who is a guide that can help you do that. And that can show up in many different ways. It can be a gestaltist, which is what I would recommend, or a therapist or a coach, or even just a really, and I don't want to say just there, so even a really close friend who is willing to be really honest with you and who you will not resent if they are honest on a nerve point. That's the one good thing about going to a gestaltist or a therapist or a coach is that in difference, difference from a friend is that that's something if you, if you, if you hold a resentment against a coach, you know, oh, well, that's that. But if you, if they're a good coach, hopefully that would never happen. But a good friend, you don't want to, you don't want to damage that relationship. All that aside, you do occasionally need help finding the cord in the mess of cords that creates, gets created in our lifetime. You may need help finding the one that specifically needs to be disconnected for this event. So other ways that you can start to trace that down on your own, however, are journaling. I do an exercise when I get really stressed out or I find myself being having starting to have those reactions and I can't get somewhere to have someone else help me because I will reach out for help. I will journal about it. And I'm not a big journaler. I'm not a let's get up in the morning and journal kind of girl. But if I'm stressed out about something and I can get a piece of paper and free write, which is where you do not let your internal editor have an opinion because no one is ever going to see it. It's not a big deal. So make the negotiation up front. There's no editing and just write whatever comes into your head. In general, if you are in that emotional state around the reaction, when you start to write it down, it starts coming out as just like anger and, and a little bit of vitriol. And then eventually you'll get down to the real issue. So it's a way to find that. So those would be, I guess, my two biggest tips. Or another one is look to your network to see if there's somebody there that has experienced something similar that can maybe help you understand it from a different perspective. That's always really nice when it's something that's very deeply industry related that is triggering it. But I think you have to have a, at least a notion of where you're going with that. What about you, Kara? What, is, what are some ways that you perceive doing the work? Absolutely. So I love the idea of look to your network. I mean, I have people, I have multiple networks that I feel like I can pull from anytime. The thing you have to be careful about, I think with networks is that if they're in the same rut that you are, you can spiral together. <laughs> into negativity and into, you know, so really think about your network and the kind of conversations that you're having and are these people that are helping you get to the root of it or are they coming along for the ride? And, you know, I'll say it over and over again. This is what we're talking about here in terms of doing the work. You are not going to bubble bath your way out of a burnout. You're not going to vacation your way out of a burnout. Those things are lovely. Certainly go take a bubble bath if you're a bubble bath person. Go on a vacation. We all need more vacations, but you're going to come back from vacation and those the burnout's going to be waiting for you, only it's going to have an additional workload on top of it because you've been gone for a week. 
you know? So I, I've never been someone that says, Oh, you just need a vacation to get over your burnout. That's not going to happen. You really do have to follow the threads. You really do have to take some extra steps and do the work. And, and it could be something, you know, see a coach, the therapist, a gestaltist, looking to your network, take some classes on how to manage your stress and emotions. And, you know, any of that is helpful, but you do actually have to do the work and it's not just going to, it's not going to go away on its own. I've even tried moving positions within companies or taking on different roles. And if you don't do the work and the stresses are still there and the feelings are still there, it's not going to help a lot in my opinion. Nope. It sure won't. It sure won't. Are we ready to move on to number three, which is the one that I think scares everybody when it comes to burnout is that sometimes you need to do something different. And for entrepreneurs, sometimes this feels like so, so much not an option, right? For me, when I've experienced burnout, I have been confronted with the choice of, do you really want to continue to be a business owner? Would you rather go get a job somewhere or would you rather stay in this environment? And I will tell you every time that decision has been presented to me, except for one, I have chosen to keep my business. I think the first time probably it came up really heavily for me. I did stop the business. I actually went bankrupt, which made me, some people could consider that a forced business stop. It really wasn't. It was a decision of, of, do I want to sink more money in this or do I want to go ahead and pull the plug now and say, we're done. And I went back to a day job and it was a real quick reminder of why I left that day job and why the burnout there. And I'm going to tell you the burnout from that was still there. So every other time I've been confronted with that choice, I've said to myself, I don't want to not be a business owner. I want to stay in business, but something has to change inside my business. So the do something different came up with, okay, let's take a look at this and what can you do that's different that will remove this particular thing that is causing you so much stress and anxiety and burnout out of your way so that if you can't cure it, if you can't unplug it, you need to get away from it. Yeah, I can totally see that. Because I mean, a lot of times it can't just be an issue of going to, cause one of the things I did early on is I was like, you know what, maybe it's this position or maybe it's this company. And I stayed in the same field and moved to a different company. And all I did was drag my burnout with me, Yep. you know, and bring that attitude with me. And I, I think a lot of people do that thinking it's going to solve the problem. So sometimes you actually have to take a step back and totally like you're saying, you know, you still want to be a business owner. Kim and I are not sitting here saying, you know what, if you're feeling burned out, maybe you don't need, you need to close your business. Absolutely not. But you probably need to reevaluate your goals. And that can be your business goals, your life goals, where you want to see yourself moving your business to and your life to, you know, are your goals too broad? Do they even exist? Do you even have goals for your business? Let's start there. Maybe we need to look at our goals and say, maybe they're too big. Maybe we need to make, take this big goal and break it down into small obtainable goals so that we're accomplishing things. Because sometimes the simple act of just accomplishing things and checking things off that list, we can see progress and we can see ourselves moving forward. And that can help in itself so, so much. 
maybe we need to look at how we're managing our time differently, you know, within our businesses, create that to-do list. We all love to-do lists, but create a to-do list with actual set time goals so that we're getting things done and including breaks in that and including reward time for when we knock things out, you know, we're getting ourselves organized. You know, Kim and I talk on this show a lot about work-life balance. Maybe it's time, maybe it's time to add more life into the schedule. And I have definitely had to kick myself over and over again and remind myself that it's a work-life balance, not a work-work balance with a little life thrown in there. (laughs) I have to remind myself that it should be equal parts, if not more life and less work, you know, and, and trying to build my business goals around that. There is no shame in delegating, hiring, bringing people in, getting a virtual assistant, you know, getting some of this work that is time consuming, is boring, is, you know, burnout inducing, put it on someone else's plate so that you can run other parts of your business. How many times do we talk about automation? It's, yeah. I mean, we probably have talked about that every other episode at some point. So start thinking about things in your business that you can automate, really trying to, to put some of this stuff on autopilot so that you can change up that work-life balance or change up how, what you do within your business. What do you, what do you want to add to that? I don't think I want to add anything to it. I think it's, I said my piece kind of up in the front and I think everything you've added to it really helps with people understanding how to. Did you talk about boundaries? I don't think so, but I'm not very good at boundaries. (laughs) Well, setting boundaries. One of the things that we've talked about before, and especially when we were prepping for this episode is there's no shame in setting boundaries that protect your mental health. Oh, good grief. No. physical person and protect your emotions. You know, that there's no shame in that. And this is, if you're starting to feel any of those signs and symptoms of potential burnout on the horizon, it might be a good time to check those boundaries too. Yes. And I tend to be one of those people in the past in particular, a much, much um, different attitude about it now. But in the past, a lot of my burnout was because I did let people blow through my boundaries. I would go back and look at that, do something different. Or in my getting help process, I would here, you know, you need to to set a clear boundary here. And then I would waffle on the boundary. And then that would cause the burnout to be yeah. worse. So I do think boundaries are very crucial in this process. And I do think being able to set them is very important. And stick to them. And if you can't set them or stick to them, that's when you need to go back to that person who was working with you or guiding you and get a little additional help because there's a why for that too. So there's a how and a why that happens. Excellent. All right. Well, just to recap, burnout is very real for entrepreneurs and hopefully there's not too many folks out there that are listening that are saying, oh my gosh, that sounds like me or I really need to do some work. But if you are, like, no shame, no embarrassment of that. Mm-mm. Kim and I, as we have expressed here, we have so been there. And what our hope is with an episode like this is that we can give you guys some tools, some resources, and some thoughts before you reach a place of no return in your yes. life and in your business in terms of closing your business or changing your career path totally or leaving like I did a career that meant so much to me. 
we just want to, we want to help people see that before they get there. So think about things like identifying the stressors that cause burnout, doing the work is the second of our big three that we talked about. And then maybe it's time to do something different and what that might look like for you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. I've really enjoyed, I can check in for folks that I know I can check in and I can see what our audience in general has been listening to. And you all have been enjoying so many of our shows and I just want everyone to know that we really appreciate it. And especially this time of year as we're moving into the holidays, we know that things get really busy, but we see you still out there listening and we really appreciate it. So I'm not sure when this episode is going to be out, but it'll probably be right around Christmas and the new year. So for those that celebrate, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. So if we don't talk to you into the new year, we hope that you guys are kicking your business off to a good one. Please, if you haven't already, check in on social media at The Business Animal. We're on Facebook and Instagram and yeah, we'll see you guys next year. Yep. No matter what you celebrate, happy holidays or happy December. That's right. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with the business animal.